Hi, this is Mark Rabin. Welcome to episode 155 of Lean Blog Audio. This is a post from July 28th, 2016, part three of day one, my lean healthcare trip to China. So I'm continuing to go through my notes, picking up from uh, my last post and episode here about the China trip, and you can find links to the whole series and more if you go to leanblog.org slash audio 155. So the first topic is visuals. Now, the presenter um, that I was re referencing uh, in part two here, she said something that's certainly a familiar challenge with healthcare facilities here in the U.S. She said, patients often get lost due to a lack of good signs. Now, one hospital that we saw later in the week had some what seemed to be helpful visuals on the ground that were clearly intended as a countermeasure to that problem. And I've seen similar floor markings in some American hospitals. And, and again, you can go to leanblog.org slash audio 155 to see the picture, but you've got lettering and arrows in, in Chinese and English pointing in one direction, what looks like kind of a long strip of tape following down the hallway, pointing to radiology, a darker blue band, uh, pointing the other direction toward inpatient. Now, somebody in our group saw one of these and they said, oh, look, visual management. Now, it, it may be semantics. Uh, it is semantics, I guess, and, and it's maybe nitpicking. But I would call something like this a visual, not visual management. The term visual management refers to the more active, if you will, management of a process. You know, asking the question, is there an abnormal condition? Not every sign that you see in a workplace is visual management. And I've written about that in a blog post that I've linked to. Um, there, there's no management to be done in the system with the markings on the floor, since you know, we probably can't tell visually if a patient is walking in the wrong direction. It's not like radiology patients are wearing light blue clothing and those headed to the inpatient area are wearing dark blue so that we could intervene if it seemed like, oh, I, I see visually that that patient is walking in the wrong direction so we can manage that situation. Visual management um, goes deeper than just uh, posting helpful visuals. So the next topic is on payment and patient satisfaction. The uh, presenter also said, one reason for conflict between patients and the hospital is that we're always asking them to pay. They might have successful surgery, but one sentence about needing to pay uh, immediately can kill patient satisfaction. Maybe we should focus on money less. She you know, posed that as uh, a question. So always prominent in uh, the two hospital lobbies I saw and other parts of the hospital were cashier windows and kiosks. I heard a number of people describe how patients are asked to pay at multiple points during their patient journey, often within a single day. You know, you pay for par pharmacy, you pay for lab testing, you pay for the doctor. And uh, I've got a picture in the post of a cashier window in the resulting queue. And there's uh, also a picture of a, a kiosk that could be used for payments and I believe also for scheduling appointments. Although people can schedule appointments uh, through WeChat, which is a very popular technology there uh, for phones, or uh, through a phone call. Now, you know, this hospital said about 75% of patients just showed up without scheduling uh, an appointment. So uh, they end up waiting. It becomes difficult to manage um, capacity in the queues, but that's, uh, that's what they explain. Now, of course, you know, back to the question of focusing on money less, you know, payment is necessary. 
Um, it's not strictly a value adding step for the patient, but it is required for the hospital to keep running. I mean, I guess it's good to question and challenge um, how and when the payment is requested. Next topic was des lean design and detail. The presenter also talked about hospital layouts and how, quote, some hospitals are better designed for flow, such as uh, having the operating rooms and ICU on the same floor or having uh, the lab and blood draw stations on the same floor. She used an example of patients at one hospital having to hold and carry containers with their own bodily fluid specimens, which can lead to spills and mishaps. Another hospital with a better design has convenient drop-off windows next to the bathroom, as she explained. As I mentioned in the last post, you know, she said, uh, some hospitals are paying more attention to details, which is definitely something you see with different initiatives in other countries called uh, 3P or lean design. That's something I've blogged about um, and included in actually uh, a new chapter in the third edition of my book, Lean Hospitals. Next topic is physicians and respect. Yeah, I find it interesting that nobody in the conferences or the hospitals was wearing a necktie. You know, I'm, I'm fine with that. And I've questioned um, in, in previous blog posts if doctors and administrators are often overdressed here in the U.S. You know, the, uh, the British NHS banned long ties and, and white coats years ago, although, you know, I'm curious if that actually reduced infection rates as they hypothesized. You know, it did lead to some complaints of scruffy doctors uh, by 2013. But the Chinese presenter asked um, if, if uh, doctors need to dress more formally. She asked if suits and ties would bring more respect and if we'd show more respect by dressing up. Now, personally, I, you know, from a patient standpoint, I don't care if my doctor is in a tie or neat business casual attire or clean looking scrubs. Different patients will have different views on this, of course. And you know, sometimes that's generational. I think respect is something that can be demonstrated in a number of ways, and, and clothing might just be superficial. You know, again, I think it's interesting that this debate uh, is, is very similar to what we see in other countries, even if the Chinese presenter was thinking about moving from the other end of the entire spectrum, where doctors, as she said, sometimes show bare legs under their white coat and, quote unquote, it's not decent. The presenter also said that healthcare needs to be warm in our interactions and, quote, doctors have no time to talk with patients because they're busy. Now, solving that problem, releasing time to care for doctors and nurses, require lean methods that go far beyond challenging what we wear. Now, the final topic, management challenges. Another very familiar challenge was brought up. And in this context, hospital director basically means uh, what we would call a president or a CEO from an American hospital perspective. She said, quote, many hospital directors are not professional managers. They are promoted from their skills. Some hospital directors don't know management or medical realms. They are the worst. In the middle is the type of director who knows one of the two. The best directors have management and professional knowledge. So again, that seems like a very universal challenge. It's great to see more hospitals actually teaching what you might call lean leadership mindsets and skills to supervisors, managers, directors, VPs, and executives. But sometimes there's a real need for what you might call remedial management and supervisor skills training. Leaders in healthcare often don't want to admit that they need that help. Uh, and it's not their fault that they were too often never really taught how to manage. Some people figure this out on their own but many don't.
So there's going to be more posts and podcast episodes following about the remaining days of my trip and the hospital visits. Uh, again, if you go to leanblog.org slash audio 155, you can see an icon where you can click to view and read the whole series.